Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Just within the last couple of weeks in, in our town, 
the month before that, there was another child that I'm aware of that was hit while with his grandmother um, along the road next to the, the where the Greenway is planned for. Hopefully, having the Greenway will reduce the traffic and give all these kids a safer place to walk. Yes, that, that's one of the advantages uh, of it. I'm looking forward to walking there um, a great deal, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your dog there and our, our, our ch- children when they come to visit. Well, you know, safety comes in a lot of different ways. Um, one is getting people who are vulnerable off the streets, um, which I might add is a little controversial. How so? People, uh, people think that streets are for cars, of course, pedestrians and bicyclists, and everyone is equally entitled to use them. And they are a bit upset that they can't use them safely, which is understandable. However, if you're a bicyclist or a pedestrian, you're the one who's going to get hurt most likely, not the person in the car. Right. So, I think moving to a greenway makes a lot of sense. I would and agree with you. You posted lots of uh, uh, studies. I know when you've had your uh, public events, uh, there was not only uh, an opportunity to dialogue with uh, various communities involved, but uh, there was a lot of information on how the greenway would make things uh, safer for everybody. Well, we're hoping to design it so it becomes a very out- attractive alternative uh, particularly for bicyclists, bicycle, you know, bicyclists to go onto the greenway, as opposed to staying on the road. So we'll see how that works. I know another uh, area of safety. Mm-hmm. I know that when we're driving, um, a lot of times the bicyclists seem to come out of nowhere, and we have to be extra careful on roads where we know that there are bicyclists, uh, like up on 9W, for instance. Well, that's great, but all of a sudden people, bicyclists sometimes go where you're not necessarily expecting them. And it be, while it does behoove us to be always conscious, I think trying to get people to a safer avenue is helpful. Of course, people still mm-hmm. have to bicycle to the Greenway, so you still have to be cautious but we're hoping that we just cut down the volume of people that are taking cars because they're afraid to ride their bicycles. It may help with safety that way. Mm -hmm. And then in the design itself, we're going for the next generation of safety within a greenway. We're trying to separate the various speeds with the bicyclists on one path, a different path for joggers and a different path for pedestrians. Wow. All, it's all a step forward. That's where we're going with the Greenway. We're trying to make things safer. And that is uh, phenomenally important and very reassuring uh, uh, to hear. Uh, you've just answered some questions that I had, uh, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I was um, trying to visualize how it would be, and that was one of the, the – 
the, the images that I couldn't reconcile, but you just reconcile them. And uh, I know the thought is being put into it and uh, that everyone will have a place for what uh, it is that interests them without uh, competing for what space is there. Well, even within, say, the bicycle path, we'd like to separate out, have a center lane of about three feet in each direction for your fast bicyclists mm-hmm. and perhaps another six feet on the in the slow sides, on the outsides, for your slower bicyclists where you might have a mom and her child or you know, a couple bicycling along a little bit more slowly than those people who really are out to get somewhere as opposed to just taking a leisurely bicycle ride. Um, so we're hoping to have a wide enough bicycle lane to allow three lanes of bicycle riders in each direction. And we think that'll get plenty of room for groups to suddenly stop and chat and allow the bicyclists to go around them without too much of a trouble, too much trouble. Wow. The, the dog park will be someplace else, uh, but will there be dogs allowed uh, on the Greenway as well? Can people walk the dogs there? When we were initially asked our vision of the users, yes, dogs were mentioned. Um, the Greenway is 60 feet wide in many areas, so if communities don't have dog parks, it's not inconceivable that you might have a long, narrow dog run along the path in some towns. So, yeah, because very, in addition to people just walking along the path with their dogs. Yeah, we have a new dog now uh, who's around three times Zena's size, uh, so we can take her out uh, walking, and we have been doing so. So uh, we're really looking forward to the dog park uh, in Tenafly and also the, the the greenway so that if we decide to walk to a nearby town, we could take uh, her with us. Congratulations on your new dog. Thank I you. I heard a little bit about her earlier. Oh, she sounded really cute. Yeah, her name is Nebula. Ah, okay. Good thing. So this sounds, this sounds fantastic, uh, Christine. And um, it, it, again, we're very blessed to have uh, people in a community that cares about uh, wellness uh, enough to go beyond the wellness of the individual and to focus on the wellness of the, uh, the community and surrounding communities uh, as a whole. And uh, that makes uh, Tenafly in this area of Bergen County uh, you know, very special. I think if people were able to, they all would be in favor of something like this in their communities. We're particularly blessed that we have a railroad track that hasn't been used for over 10 years. Uh And we can take advantage of it. So we're lucky. We are lucky where we live. We are lucky in that and so many other ways. and I'm looking forward, uh, I'm sorry, I'm uh, delaying uh, um, your presentation. You have some interesting things on your list here. I can't wait to get to them. So um, <laughs> onwards. <laughs> Onward. Okay. Now, my next topic on um, wellness was inspired by this Rotary District conference I went to this weekend in Gettysburg. It was mm-hmm. a fabulous con- um, conference. Um these kinds of things where you go off on a retreat to discuss service projects 
and the mechanics of how you're going to improve your your club and your district's responses so that they can be more of service to people are just very inspiring. But they're fun, too. I mean, I can tell you that uh, one of the silly things we did was go to a um, ghost story presentation of ghosts in Gettysburg. Ooh, I would have loved and that. And when you go to a it was it was amazing, particularly since the ghost there was lightning and thunder and pouring rain, and the ghost teller couldn't make it to the hotel, so we had to tell our <laughs> own ghost stories for the first hour. There you go. It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> and then when the ghost teller did show up, that was fun too. But in addition to having fun, we talked about some very serious things. Um, one of which was modern slavery. And I have to yes. say, I saw this on the agenda. We always discuss some of the big Rotarian service initiatives. And it was, ah, oh, what a downer. Who wants to talk about modern slavery? I don't know anybody who's keeping some, a sex slave in their basement. How does this impact me? I'd much rather talk about slavery in the past. It's much safer. After all, I didn't keep people's ancestors as slaves. And I can make mm-hmm. reparations now and acknowledge that. And that's not too threatening. So I wasn't really looking forward to this presentation. <laughs> but there was a um, presenter from Freedom United who came in and talked about what modern slavery was, and I found out I really had no idea what it really was. It wasn't somebody being kept as a sex slave in the basement. Um, It was much more about people who were kept um, working in industry and being forced to work either to pay off their parents' debt if they were child laborers Mm-hmm. or being forced as immigrants to a country um, where their papers were confiscated by their employers so they could not no longer leave um, so that they would not be paid for the work that they were doing. Um, and it was it was a very eye-opening definition of modern slavery. There are 40 million people approximately that are considered to be slaves in today's world. And even more shocking, it's a $150 billion industry. Yes. Just for a a, uh, comparison, do you know what the biggest illegal industry is? No. (laughs) Make a guess. Um, back when uh, I was more on top of these things, um, a lot of it was uh, the food service industry. Well, actually, that that would be where the illegal, uh, the modern slaves are working. But the biggest illegal industry is actually drugs. Then comes okay. illegal slavery, and then third is munitions, selling weapons. So, okay, more people are kept as slaves than our illegal guns are sold, which wow. I, I, I find it all awful, but just to give an idea of the scope of the problem and the size of the problem. 
when I lived um, in uh, Pennsylvania, I taught in uh, Northampton Community College and um, other colleges. Um, and uh, one of the classes I taught, um, one of the things that one of the curriculum was, uh, you know, uh, modern day slavery. And in researching for that and teaching for that, I was very amazed with how much it went on and how often uh, there would be raids in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, on the places that had illegal uh, slaves. And th that's why I said food service, because in Pennsylvania, that seemed to be where most of the uh, slaves were, uh, um, you know, being put to work. You know, you go to a Chinese restaurant or, or something and not realize how many people working there were, were slaves. Well, I find it, they gave a set of examples, one of which was, two children that had been rescued, a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, who were getting sick every day from harvesting um, the, the things they were harvesting. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, my gosh, we're, that must be sugar cane or something like that being grown far away. And it turned out it was tobacco in South Carolina where wow. the 13-year-old and 15-year-old were being used. And if you touch tobacco leaves, Apparently, over time, you can get very sick from it. Um, the interesting thing I found was not just the gloom and doom that this is the definition, but that there were actually very concrete things you could do to help now. Um, this, the gentleman who was speaking uh, was a representative of Freedom United, and you can go to freedomunited.org, and they have petitions there. And they were, as this man was called, Joe from Raleigh is how he identified himself. Um, Joe told us that um, he used to think petitions were really stupid, that you know, they don't really do any good. But he was able to go with his organization to the governments of Australia and now to England and wave the petitions around, and he was able to get legislation to force companies to publicly say whether or not they were getting um, sourcing their materials in places where slavery might be rampant, so that you would have some idea of whether or not you would like to um, buy that product or not. I was horrified to learn that shrimp, for instance, from Costco mm -hmm. comes from an area where slavery in seafood industry is rampant, which may explain wow. why it's a lot cheaper than everybody else, cheaper than everyone else. It's not because of Costco's very efficient bulk marketing process. It's basically because there's slave labor in the, in the food chain there. Wow. And signing the petition helps get governments to make where slavery is transparent, or where, which companies might be a source of that. Another thing that you can do, aside from signing the petition, um, they've just recently passed legislation in Great Britain requiring all companies to put on their websites how they are sourcing things. 
Now, of course, they may bury that on their websites because they don't want people to really know about that or to think about it too much. So they're looking for people to help pick companies that are based in Great Britain and go searching their websites until you find their statement on how they are sourcing their their products. And then if they can compile all this data in one place, it will make it that much easier to find out if Costco is being responsible in how they get their products or not. And that's something people can do to help address this. That I'm glad that they're doing that. I mean, there. I mean, you can do more active things too. My daughter introduced me to the concept of fair trade con- uh, chocolate, and it sort of sounded nice. But I was thinking that, well, okay, these kids don't have anybody to take care of them if they're not working for the chocolate tree people, because I like mm-hmm. chocolate a lot, and I really didn't want to think that chocolate was being produced by slaves. And I probably am going to be a little bit more aggressive about using uh, fair trade chocolate. Just another thing you can do is look at where your sources are. And people don't realize this, just like we we have power through our vote and uh, uh, signing a petition, uh, we have a lot of uh, economic power by not spending our dollars on uh, um, supporting practices that we find objectionable. So it's a good thing that they're making this more transparent. Yeah, I mean, they were they were saying that they've done surveys that people would be well, that it would cost 2% more to pay a, a living wage to workers um, that are currently using slave labor. People mm-hmm. would have to pay 2% more for their their products, and people, when asked, would be willing to pay up to 15% more to to not have slave labor in their products. Just kind of an interesting comment on the world. Very much so. We have someone here in Tenafly who's uh, um, on top of this, uh, Paul. Paul Lefkowitz, I, he has been yes. talking about this for a year and in, in the Rotary Club. He's been bringing speakers in. And I have to say, until uh, Joe from Raleigh spoke about the definition of slavery, like I said, I thought it was the sex slave in the basement, and I don't know anybody like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it looks like I do know people who use the results of slave labor. Me. So I now know. So that was part of the inspiration of going out and working with a service organization. Rotary kind of brought this realization to me. It took them a few times, but eventually it got in. No, that's good. That's good that uh, the the Rotary is very active in a lot of different areas and is doing lots of different things and. Uh, we only get a taste of it in our small town, uh, a big taste because of the things that they're doing, but uh, they're, they're doing the same things and other things in other places well all over the globe, and that's uh, impressive. I mean, they, you know, polio may be ended shortly, 
Um, they're probably going to swing out, and they have been doing more about measles, mumps, and rubella, uh, rubella vaccines in areas where the vaccination rate had dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working against um, these diseases coming back. Uh, they're working with a lot of veterans projects, um, various buses and veteran support groups. And, of course, their standard uh, clean water in various communities that don't have it. Um, shelter and disaster aid relief. It really is. It's good to feed your soul and get involved with these service projects. You don't have to join Rotary. You can just call them up and say, what is your next service project? And just go join them on a service project. That's a good thing to know. And uh, I know that there's a new president in the uh, Creskill Rotary, and uh, he's been getting involved with a local library and other projects uh, um, happening in uh, Creskill. I got some emails uh, today about that from different people. So uh, I'm very happy that uh, uh, he's already started reaching out and that people are uh, reaching back out at him. Oh, he's amazing. Um, he's, John, he's, yes. He's John Grimes. Um, M&T Bank, he came into the Rotary very excited about the Northern Valley Greenway, saw that they had um, a problem with their leadership, and when asked, he stepped up and he accepted presence, being the president very shortly after joining the Rotary. It was great. He's, he's doing it's just He's just an inspiration. Yes, uh, he is, and uh, he's been uh, very present in the community. I bumped into him last, uh, I believe, at the uh, Chamber of Commerce meeting, and before that he was at the uh, um, Earth Day celebration in Tenafly, and before that he was a few things that uh, were going on at the Crescent Library, so he gets out there. So uh, I told him I don't have to worry about uh, catching him by the phone. I'm I'm liable to bump into him because I keep bumping into him uh, regardless of what I'm doing. I know. It's amazing. It's one of the advantages of living in a small town. Yes. You really, you know everyone so that it's easy to find projects or people you like to work together and just help others. There's always something you can do. And you are a good example of that. You're all over the place also doing a lot of the different uh, things. And uh, you're certainly an inspiration to me because, uh, um, you, you know, you're always out there and always uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, lend a hand and to make something good happen in our community. Well, I try. I certainly have fun doing it. That you do. And, and it shows. So people can just uh, check to find their local Rotary and they don't have to join, but they can go attend a a luncheon or dinner and they can get involved in a uh, service uh, project. And uh, how about with uh, your local Chamber of Commerce? Uh, How can you get involved? uh, How can people get more involved with uh, Chamber activities? Because the economic health of a community is very important as well. Well, the Chamber of Commerce is an organization for business owners and professionals. Um, we certainly try to improve the, the business in the town. Quite often, we're presenting ideas to our local council people, the things that we think might help us. 
telling your council people that even though business owners might not have a vote in your community, that the community wants to have a good, vibrant um, business district and it should be supported by the community um, is helpful. Sometimes, and I'm, this isn't true in Tenafly, um, and I don't think in the other communities, but sometimes some communities say, oh, businesses are a source of revenue. Um, we can milk them and make our, our taxes lower. And if you're, especially if you're working with small businesses, there just isn't a big profit margin. You're liable to choke your businesses off. Right. So conveying to your, your council people that small businesses or downtown businesses are a priority and a value to you is very helpful. Thank you very much, Christine. This was a very informative and fun show. Um, I can't wait till our next uh, online and offline conversation. Um, have an awesome and wonderful day. Well, thank you. Take care. You too. Uh, we're going to listen to a brief song, Evolve, and then we'll be back with Jerry Hochek as we continue our exploration of community wellness. One thing evolved. 
Jerry Hosek, who is the owner and publisher of Natural Awakenings Magazine. Greetings and welcome, Jerry. How are you? Thank you, Hercules. Thank you, Hercules. I'm, I'm doing well. I was, I was in Whole Foods that. about 25 minutes ago, so I, I did make it on time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just want to add something to that introduction. I'm the owner and publisher of Natural Awakenings Magazine in Bergen, Passaic County, or northern New Jersey. So we're, we're a national okay. franchise. And our, our, so there's about 75 of us in publishers that own franchises that are publishing across the entire United States. And um, I'm hearing an echo, but uh, it's not too bad. <laughs> okay, if, if it continues, I'll have you recall, or I'll try calling you. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, it's it's gone. It's gone. Okay. So, um, so I publish the again. It's uh, the Northern New Jersey edition, and our focus is holistic health and sustainability. And uh, the the magazine, the content of the magazine speaks perfectly to its intended audience and. That's why we've grown from one edition to about, I think we're at 75 now. 
Um, wow. In yeah, since 2003, uh, the first edition started in '96 in Naples, Florida, and then uh, seven years later they started franchising. So from '03 till today, we have 75. Uh, independent magazines being published by folks like me across the U.S. bringing uh, this content that uh, really teaches people how to live a more uh, a healthier life, a more mindful uh, life, um, teaches about self-development and um, even some metaphysical, you know, uh, it, it does kind of Cross the line there a little bit, and uh, but basically, it, when you kind of tear it down, it, it's about self-development, utilizing holistic health uh, practices, and um, you know sustainability models, techniques that that people are using um, to you know whatever conserve energy or just have a smaller carbon footprint. And uh, you know I think at this point we, we should all have some interest in that. Um, I think so too Yeah So um, I've been doing that a little over six years And I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm going to start something else soon And, and maybe Maybe uh, maybe end my publishing career It's, it's I, I've never done anything Over six years except owned a restaurant But that, that was uh, That was something I married into so. Okay, that's uh, surprising news. <laughs> well, uh, I, it, I, I know that whatever uh, you uh, um, come up with, uh, it, you'll succeed at it, and it'll be very interesting uh, uh, what you do with it, but I, I never thought to hear that. Uh, so new adventures on the horizon. Yeah, and, and again, that's it's not going to be anytime soon, Um but I'm I'm starting to look into that in, into that direction. Uh, the thing is, I want to do more, and I want to do something online. Uh, and uh, actually, the the thing I'm really focused on now is um, aside from publishing this magazine, which which does you know take up a good portion of my time every month. Uh, it is a monthly publication. You can find them at Whole Foods all across the nation, uh, uh, health food stores, yoga centers, fitness centers. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll just mention the the, uh, the corporate website or the franchise website is Natural Awakenings. That's plural mm -hmm. with an S. NaturalAwakenings.com, and you can go on there. There's a big there's a big uh, graphic at the top of the page uh, that's a button you just click on it and it, it'll take you to a list where you can locate your local magazine and most of us do publish a digital edition that, that we upload every month so if you can't get to your local Whole Foods or your yoga center or fitness center or what have you uh, you can easily you know browse the magazine online and um, you know, there's articles, um, local articles. So, so this is all sustained by local advertising. And um, so it was nice that I had a sales background when mm -hmm. my uh, now ex-wife and I, we still own it together. We purchased it uh, back in 2012, right before Hurricane Sandy. And, <laughs> and then we had no Internet and phones for 
I guess, 10 days or something. So that was fun. The first, the first, our first uh, issue we, we put together, we worked on, and, and in the end put together at, like, friends' offices, friends' homes who had Internet, who had power and heat as well. Uh, we, we were lucky. We, we didn't lose uh, electric or, or gas or anything, but uh, we, we just, you know, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have internet and phones, so we couldn't really do the business. <laughs> but uh-huh. it was uh, it, it was interesting. Yeah, we we came in on a storm, and um, like when we had our second restaurant, actually, we we had uh, the water the water meter broke because the the previous tenant had shut off the gas for some reason, uh, and and <laughs> I, I guess he was afraid of hemorrhaging money and. Uh, he he was already in his new location, and so the gas was shut off, the heat was shut off, and it was like 10, 20 degrees, sometimes even colder overnight, and the gas meter broke, and we had a like a four-inch flood, uh, which which you know wasn't too bad, but uh, you know it caused some problems. We had to go in there and clean it up on top of all the other work we were doing. Um, so you know these sometimes these new ventures uh, attract. I guess gremlins or whatever. Athena and I came to New York, I mean to New Jersey during that storm. Uh, we left Pennsylvania, so that was a new beginning for us too. Uh, that's uh, interesting that uh, you guys started the magazine at that time too. Yeah, that was um, that was the month of November. Is that what what month you came to Jersey? We started coming. We 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 had finished moving over uh, around the time of the storm. Uh, so uh, it, it took us several months to move over, but we were all moved over during the time of the storm. I see. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it was going on while you're still moving, and probably yeah. cause for concern. I'm sure. Yep. It, it was yeah. very so, interesting time and an interesting welcome to New Jersey, and uh, uh, an omen of things to come in a way. But uh, fortunately, uh, uh, the storms are passing. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, just a lot of energy shifting lately, especially with this new moon. I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's been. Uh, Natural Awakenings magazine serves a, a really important function in our community because it is it's available for free in a lot of places where people uh, who want to uh, be healthy uh, uh, go. And, uh, you know, in places where they buy their food, in places uh, where they buy their vitamins and things like that. Uh, and it does keep people uh, informed. And uh, there's a lot of original content in each of the magazines. And if you miss a hard copy, you can get it from your uh, website for free. That's right. There's, um, there's a digital magazine in PDF form that they can click on, open, read, even download uh, for, you know, future reference. Um, and then our website and most publishers have a website that's uh, usually it's like WordPress based, um, so you can easily forward articles to your friends. And uh, it just it really speaks well to this um, demographic. Let's let's say like the Whole Foods shopper. They're they've been labeled by I guess marketing people as as the Lojas demographic, which is uh, or stands for lifestyles of health and sustainability and um it's it's a it's the one of the fastest growing segments of our population it currently comprises of about 
25% of the entire U.S. population and growing. Okay. And um, it's what it really is. It's, it's a lot of folks that just kind of took responsibility, let's say, for their own health and have been, you know, living this lifestyle of, you know, regular exercise, um, uh, better quality food, organic foods, um, Maybe more. A lot of us do more of a plant-based diet, or strictly, you know, vegan or vegetarian. I'm not, but uh, I'm not uh, I need a lot of protein because I I burn a lot of calories every day and and expend a lot of energy because uh, I have a very busy lifestyle. But um, it it does really, you know, the articles do speak well, uh, extremely well to that segment of the population. Um, again, which is growing, you know, by by leaps and bounds every year. Um, you know, there's 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 no there's no mystery to why um, Amazon bought. Well, I actually figured it out for myself. Amazon bought Whole Foods like a little over yes. two years ago, and um, and I was kind of racking my brain for a while. I was thinking like, why why did they want to buy Whole Foods? And um, if you notice when you go there, and this is for you know anybody listening as well, um, of course. <laughs> Not just you, not just for you, but it's like I'm just talking to you. You know, it's like one of our nights out or something. That's that's uh-huh. what it. This, this show typically feels like. So I forget. There's you know you have a, a substantial audience that's listening to this uh, on on most nights, and um, so they've pushed everybody to get on this Amazon Prime, right? So every mm-hmm. time every time you're checking out, they're they ask the the checkout people ask you uh religiously you know are you a prime member and then you you get your little app uh thingy scanned right and they're keeping track of they're keeping track of all our purchases because they want to understand the demographic better they want to understand our buying habits and and that's that data that they're compiling is is going to be uh very you know very significant in what whatever their overall strategy is on on um targeting and selling and marketing to that demographic it's a tough demographic also because we're well informed we're um typically of a higher income bracket mm-hmm. and um we're i guess a little more what's the word i was looking for um i can't think of it right now but uh we're we're a little more uh Forward thinking, more progressive. That's it, progressive. And uh-huh. um, so it's it's a and again with the higher income, it's 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 a very desirable demographic to crack, so to speak. So um, Whole Foods did it. You know, over time they they started with I think it was one store um, somewhere in California or wherever Texas. I, I don't remember, but you know they they quickly um, and almost seems like effortlessly grew it into this huge chain. And why? Because people wanted what they sell. You know, I I go there because they have a lot of what I want. You know, which is which are healthier healthier alternatives, and they have a pretty wide selection of organic foods. Even though you know most of the items are not organic, but still they have the widest selection of organic food that you can find anywhere. Um, and you do pay a bit of a premium for it, but I think it's worth it. I'd rather pay Whole Foods or you know my local. I still go to my local uh, health food store. And um, you know, I support that guy as well. He's been he's been around you know long before Whole Foods ever 
made it to Bergen County, New Jersey. Right. And and um and you know, that's because I I educated myself and and uh you know, over the years and and through, you know, some of the contacts I made as well, uh I I figured out it's it's much much more of a better strategy to pay your either, you know, farmers, some of us buy buy food directly from the farms or have it uh, delivered by the Amish. I have a, you know, a chiropractor uh, slash acupuncturist naturopath that does that. Uh, they, you know, they bring them a nice delivery every, every month. And, uh, and I guess there's, it's like a co-op or something. There's other people involved in that monthly purchase. And so, um, you know, he always says, I'd rather pay my farmer than my doctor. And, you know, so I'd rather pay my, my health food store than my doctor uh, or my farmer even. Um, so it just makes sense. It makes sense right. to feed yourself, you know, your mind as well and your body um, higher value or higher quality information, food, um, beverages, what have you. Um, I stopped drinking coffee, you know, in the morning, like, like a lot of people uh-huh. do. And, um, yeah, well, it, it just never really agreed with me. I'm already a little speedy <laughs> to begin with. So, um, but, you know, again, it's, a, it's, 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 I, you know, drink whatever green teas, ginger teas, um, you know, in the, in the colder months and, and then whatever, something else in the, you know, something colder in the winter months. But, uh, it's, it's, uh, I was ne- usually never a big coffee drinker, but I quit cigarettes uh, like almost six years ago uh, after smoking for 35 years. I started very young because I lived in an urban setting, and we just kind of started everything young back then or and there. And um, so I smoked for, you know, 35 years, and in, in the end I, I was guided by a very heavy hand to, to quit. And uh-huh. um Fred Fred Goles came into my life, who was an advertiser for a while, and he was a very young, uh, very uh, talented hypnotherapist. And man, you know, I've even I've even bought a pack of cigarettes, you know, in this five six year stretch and smoked them smoked them all, but could never I could never I can never go back to smoking because uh, he just programmed me so well. And, um, you know, and I connected with him through the magazine. And most people that have had an impact in my, in my life in the last six years while publishing have come to me through the magazine. So, uh, and, and it's, you know, locally, locally um, we have a lot of great, um, let's say, you know, vendors um, that advertise with me that have wellness centers and, you know, chiropractic offices and, uh, you know, some people, uh, there was a lady that had a company where she, um, she delivered like healthy food. It was one of these food services, but it it was, you know, local and, and smaller than, than the bigger guys. Um, but I, I hear that, you know, that prepackaged food, that's, that's a booming business these days because people just don't have time to cook and, and it's a healthier, healthier alternative to, to buy these meal plans that are, you know, um, that are geared to be more healthy 
And, you know, they uh-huh. do vary, so you've got to do your homework a little bit. But it's, um, you know, it's better than, definitely better than getting, you know, pizza one night and having burgers another night and, and Chinese food a, a, a yet another night. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's I, I used to do that um, when, when I wasn't taking care of myself so well um, years ago when I was younger. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't do that anymore. I make sure... I'm, I'm, you know, really nurturing myself uh, as best I can, getting enough sleep and eating good food. So, uh, and the magazines help, you know, instill some of that in me. I, I meditate now every morning. I used to, you know, never. I, I thought I would be one of these people that would never meditate because I just didn't have the time for it. But, um, you know, I was exposed to different people through the magazine and even outside the magazine, and, and it, the message kept coming in, meditate, meditate, meditate. It's... Uh, it's it's good for you. It's going to help, and it has. It's really impacted, you know, a lot of different areas of my life. I've noticed just after three months of doing it regularly. So, um, it's it's been a blessing to to start doing that daily practice. I meditate twice a day, sometimes three times a day, and it helps tremendously. It helps keep me focused, and because uh, uh, I'm all over the place, you know, uh, I, I have like this huge uh, canvas inside my mind, and I travel, you know, hither and yon, and and do things, uh, but the meditation helps keep me focused a lot on the, what's happening here and now, and that's a very welcome change in my life. How long have you been doing that? Um, on and off for years, but uh, religiously, like two, three times a day, I'd say for the past uh, three years. Oh okay. oh, okay. Yeah, so you have a good foundation. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I look forward to it. And once you can navigate the different levels and recognize when you're in alpha and when you're in theta and when you're in beta, um, when you're lower than that in delta, you're like oblivious. So if, right. if you know what, right. what uh, state of mind you're in, where your brain waves are at, uh, that helps you uh, enjoy and uh, benefit from the different states and you can enter by meditating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm starting to get a little deeper now that I've been doing it for a while, and I've noticed that, um, yeah, the state change is pretty remarkable um, sometimes. Uh, I'm going to – I know we, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to leave you – I'm going to leave you with this. Um, okay. And I have a – sorry, I have a call coming through. That's what the beeping is. So I should have disabled it, but um, it will it'll go away soon enough. So uh, one of the things I've I've wanted to do for a while – uh, or it's been on my mind anyway. I've just been a little too busy, but I'm I'm gonna you know hunker down and focus on that as well. Uh, okay. In the in the coming in the coming weeks and months, um, and I've mentioned this to you in the past, but um, it's something I want to you know talk to you a bit more when we get together tomorrow night, and okay. um, which I'm looking which I'm looking forward to. Um, Me too. I want to start. I want to thanks. I want to start a charity um, that. That uh, 501c3, so um, I have tax-free status, and I want to, I want to take, uh, uh, I mean, the greater, greater portion, or as much as possible, of the money that's that's collected through, uh, you know, donations and what have you, other and fundraising activity, and uh, I want to start, I want to start connecting uh, veterans that have been traumatized in in these conflicts in the Middle East. And uh, I, I want to, um, I want to get them healed from their traumas because they're they're 
there are currently um, effective trauma recovery techniques or modalities um, that exist. You know, out, they're typically outside of mainstream medicine, of course. Um, right. But one of the more one of the more well known uh, one of the more well known techniques is it's called EMDR, and uh, it was started by Francine Shapiro, and I believe the date was 1985. Because I actually read about it in uh, in a major men's magazine in in 1999. They they gave it like four pages. It was a huge spread uh, as to the efficacy of, of of that treatment. And since since that was discovered or or created by Fran, Dr. Francine Shapiro out in California again in 1985, um, there's been a lot of other modalities that have come out since then uh, that are also very effective, and I've had the pleasure of, of doing, you know, a number of them over the years because I had my own traumas from uh, just from, you know, whatever, most of my life, especially child, childhood, that, that I, had to, I had to resolve, clear, and heal. And um, when I became uh, all-in or very you know, gung-ho or 150% committed to doing that, um, every treatment, modality, technique, person, a piece of information that I needed to, to begin that process and to see it through, you know, until now I'm still working on stuff, um, has showed up for me because I made the commitment. So I right. think, you know, for anybody listening, if you're having a hard time with, you know, uh, any kind of, trauma, um, unresolved issues with parents, um, uh, uh, difficulties with family, you know, or any kind of challenges just with, with you know, per specific type of personalities that keep showing up because they're part of a pattern that maybe started when, you know, we were younger and more susceptible to, um, you know, that sort of experience. Um, that can all that can all be cleared and healed. There's you know there's no need to be on medication and be in talk therapy for the rest of your life. Although you know there are I guess some you know there is some segment of the population that that might need that or might feel they need that. But um, there are effective rapid uh, recovery methods um, for you know, clearing just about any trauma. And by trauma, I don't mean just war and, you know, rape and, and you know, stuff like that. I'm talking about, you know, growing up with parents that perhaps were emotionally unavailable. You know, uh, I just had a, I referred a young lady to a, a practitioner that I worked with who, you know, said I had a narcissistic alcoholic father who just, you know, abused me verbally and sometimes even physically. And she says, you know, I have, I said, so what, what are you dealing with today? She says, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety, depression, and I know I can overcome. She said, I know I can overcome this. Um, I just need, you know, I just figured I needed the right tools, and I need to find somebody that could kind of point me in the right direction. So um, I met a friend through a mutual friend. We went, we went to this um, Renaissance Festival up in Tuxedo, New York last summer and I was chatting with this mutual friend and I, I told her I said yeah you know I, I know people that do this work and she made a note of it and then contacted me um, I guess what is it like eight nine months later and uh, said you know can I have that number now 
you know, my friend, my friend needs it. That's who I wanted it for. So I connected with that person today, and uh, and that's what the magazine does as well. It it connects the reader to whatever they might need to improve their lives, and that's really our mission. Um, in a nutshell. And it's an awesome. Thank you very much, Jerry. Uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Your new adventure sounds incredibly awesome, and any way I can help out, I'd love to. You're gonna help, and uh, so is your lovely wife. And I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out a plan for you, and we'll you know let let's let's see let's see where we overlap. What what makes sense for all of us? That's that's you know the the goal. That's all. So. Um, we'll talk more about that tomorrow night. And thanks for having me on the show. And absolutely, I'll. That's right. We'll have some food and some pina coladas as well. So organic. Like yes. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll uh, I'll I'll see you soon. Have a great night. You too. And we're going to listen to Bone Post Orchestra's "Cry Freedom," and then we'll be back for the second half of our show.
single cup of earth Sings the mystery of the all-expanding universe Trust that brain behind your eyes To carve a space for us within the universal mind And if it's up to us to bring some balance back Let it not be said, it's courage that we lay This is Hercules Invictus, and we're going to play another song now before we begin the second uh, part of our show. And uh, let's see. Let's try to play something we haven't played uh, before. Um, Antler Crown and Standing Stone. That sounds like a lot of fun.
Where am I this winter's day? Bones of trees, fallen leaves. The time of the winter queen. But through the wind and snow and rain, know that a part of me remains. Holly stands evergreen. This is our Optimal Wellness episode, and I am glad to be concluding the show with Bill Hinburn of Super Strength Training. We will discuss physical culture, and uh, Bill is a treasure house of information on that topic, uh, and he has an awesome library of books that are available to those who wish to uh, explore the field further. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. And you, sir? I'm doing phenomenally well. I started uh, working out again, a new cycle, and uh, I eased into it slowly, and now I'm ready to start cutting back and uh, um, intensifying my workouts. And uh, it was mostly at your uh, recommendation on several shows that I contemplated doing that because it seemed to me counterintuitive that less could be actually more. Absolutely. Now, you had suggested exercising three days a week and then resting uh, for the other days. So that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, right now, I was doing light exercises uh, just to get my body in condition again. And uh, I started introducing my first rest day on Sunday. And then as I intensify the, the workouts, I'm going to cut another day and give myself uh, more rest. And uh, uh, I started uh, cutting when I got to the level that I was experiencing nausea <laughs> during my workout. So I knew I needed to cut, and that's the point where I started cutting. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's important that you avoid nausea uh, okay. uh, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> that was something Arnold recommended, I remember, in a book that I'd read a while ago. Uh, that uh, nausea was a good thing. It's it's a it, it's a good thing to teeter on that uh, on, on on that point, but you don't want to uh, to uh, overdo it. There, there are there are several people that uh, that um, uh, push the idea that uh, you 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 have to uh, you know uh, uh, for example uh, no pain no gain. Okay, right. you you uh, you train to you absolutely drop. Well, that's fine for a while. You know, it's like the old axiom, uh, everything works until it doesn't. 
Um, right. Your body adapts, and I can't emphasize this enough. Your your body adapts to any type of of uh, of uh, stimulus readily. It's the reason we've we've lived for uh, you know eons. We've we've been around since uh, oh gosh, thousands upon thousands of years. We've uh, evolved, and uh, different uh, races around the world have evolved according to their environments. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this takes, again, this takes thousands of years. We are different colors. We're different heights. We're, 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 uh, we're different shapes. We have different bone structures. And a lot of it is because we adapt to what is around us, our, our environment. So uh, it's, it's important uh, to uh, use your body, but don't abuse your body. By overtraining, you're abusing your body. You know, your body right. simply cannot catch up. The exercise is the stimulus. And then you have to nourish your body, and you have to recuperate. You have to rest your body. And the recuperation time is when you are actually building. The uh, the exercise, again, is the catalyst. You're, you're starting to break down tissue and what have you, and your body is adapting and saying, well, if we're going to lift, uh, you know, uh, Rather than, uh, say, curl 100 pounds, uh, now we're going to try to curl 105 pounds. We're going to have to adapt. So we're going to have to not only build more muscular tissue, but also bone density, sinews, tendons, cartilage, uh, and, of course, uh, the stabilizer muscles. When you're curling, you're just not using your bicep. You're using a number of of other muscles, if nothing else, simply to stand erect and maintain your balance. So all of that, uh, you know, plays out. And like I've said, I've emphasized many times, if you're going to train three days a week and have simply one rest day in between, try it out. Experiment. If that works, run with it. If the train's going in the right direction, don't get off. Continue. That's right. However, when it stops to give you the results, or or uh, uh, direct you in, in your goal, whatever it is, then it's time to change it up. And the first thing I always suggest is rather than one day of rest or recuperation, make it two. And this can make a profound difference. And incidentally, every month or so, if your training is going well, take a week off and then come back. This makes a big difference also. Even if your training routine is, is, is uh, you're, you're doing fine, your, uh, your recovery time is fine, every time you go into the gym you feel like training, that's the signal. That's, that's the red flag is if you're not feeling like training, don't do it. All you're doing is going through the motions. You're spinning wheels. You should go in there and you should feel like training. And like I say, every month, maybe every six weeks or so, take a week Just off. Just take a week off. Take a week off from everything. Don't do any type of uh, of progressive resistance exercise. Enjoy life, and then uh, and then come back to it. A lot of times, people will uh, will really really flourish doing something like that. And they just pick up where you left off as far as your your resistance, uh, you know, poundages. And your exercises as to uh, reps and uh, and and uh, sets, if you do that type of training uh, regimen, and uh, and continue on and see how that works. 
But I, I, I can't emphasize enough the recovery, especially as you age. You know, when you're a young buck, 18, 19 years old, you know, you can you can eat most anything. You can uh, you can do all sorts of uh, exercise, be it uh, um, um, progressive resistance or otherwise. Uh, you know, slamming and banging on your joints. Uh, uh, you can stay up half the night. Yeah, you can do all that stuff. But as time goes on, especially when you get to around 40 years old, you're not going to be able to get away with that anymore. Those aches and pains aren't going to go away in a couple of days, see. And, that was 20 uh, years ago when I passed uh, 40. And I, I agree with you. <laughs> um, I can't do the things I did when I was uh, much uh, younger without injuring myself. Uh, uh, so I've had to greatly modify my uh, my program. And uh, from doing, like, low reps with heavy weights, now I'm doing uh, um, higher sets of reps with uh, lower weights. And I'm finding my body's responding uh, to that. So after I take off a little while and I come back, my muscles come back relatively quickly. Yeah, so, uh, and, and, and it, the thing that people have to have to realize is you have to experiment. There is no one size fits all. People have to get that out of their heads. There's no one size fits all. Okay. Secondly, just you know, you can pick somebody out and say you, there's a particular bodybuilder you would like to look like or there's a guy that can do strongman feats and you'd like to duplicate them or there's a uh, a weightlifter that's breaking records and you say well uh, uh, I want to be able to do what he's doing so I'm going to do what he's doing that's his program that is what he has developed through hit and miss uh, experimentation you can't do that because no two people are exactly alike you're like no two snowflakes are exactly alike you have to experiment, okay? And the other thing is training is a moving target. It's constantly your needs for what you want to uh, develop and what have you changes constantly. It changes for a variety of reasons. I can name some. Your age, where you are in your training, okay? Are you a beginner, intermediate, advanced, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, your diet, you know, uh various other stimulus uh, uh, that you have in your life, uh, you know, as far as uh, uh, other stressors and what have you. And this, this, all plays, this, this all plays into it, okay? And, and uh, your interests, how interested are you in training, okay? You, 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 you brought up the, uh, the name Arnold Schwarzenegger earlier. He has a profound sense of he will do anything to reach his goal. He right. leaves no, uh, he just, he is so focused and what have you. Not many people are like that. No. He has done things that, uh, you know, you got to remember, he came from a very Spartan existence. They didn't have indoor plumbing. They didn't have a refrigerator. Uh, I'm not so sure they had electricity. Maybe they did, okay? But anyway, uh he came to America, okay, saw it as a land of opportunity and what have you, and he's a very shrewd businessman from, from right in the beginning. He was he was uh, pretty well healed even before he got into the movies, okay, and, the, and the, incidentally, there was no money to be made in bodybuilding back then when he was, yes. when he was uh, first come over here. He parlayed his money into uh, a number of different things. He started a uh, bricklaying business, 
with uh, Franco Colombo, his, his uh, lifelong friend, and right, and yeah. uh, and uh, they uh, uh, they did that for a while, and then uh, he bought an apartment building, and he lived in one apartment, and he rented out the other, and he just constantly turned over his money, and that's uh, 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 of course he he got into he wanted to be an actor. He followed his 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 big mentor is Reg Park. And he wanted mm-hmm. to be in the movies, and he did anything and everything to to make that dream come true. He always had a goal, and when he set his goal, he was focused, and uh, that's just how he was, and is to this day, uh, you know. And and um, but a lot of people, uh, you know, can't do that. That's uh, that's uh, that's very hard work, mentally and physically. But that's what he did. But uh, doing less is actually doing more. And you stop and think about it. You, I always compare a sprinter with a long-distance runner, okay? A sprinter looks different, behaves different, has a different mental approach uh, than, uh, you know, they're just worlds apart, both a sprinter and a long-distance runner. And you can't swap out their, their training methods. The training methods no. that they, for a sprinter, well, you know, if if he if he if he tries to do a long distance routine, it'll it'll crush him. Okay, he, he simply does not have the long distance stamina, and the same holds true with a long distance runner. He doesn't have that explosive, you know, uh, uh, you know, all out effort for a matter of seconds, you know, and the and whatever event is is over. It's just uh, it's just two different. Uh, 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 methods of training, and and uh, so uh, you know this is what you have. And and as far as uh, 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 less is actually more, the same holds true with the uh, food. Okay, the less uh-huh. you eat, the less you eat, the more your body is going to draw as much nutriment as possible because your body senses well this may be our last meal <laughs> we better make the best of it you know <laughs> and if you overeat okay a lot of times a lot of the uh, food will simply pass through you uh uh the uh high calorie uh, 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 uh foods will uh be uh, uh turned to fat okay stored as fat and and what have you so uh, you have that situation. The same holds true with recovery or sleep, okay? Uh, some people sleep too often, too much, okay? And they wake up groggy and they're just sluggish and what have you. But if you try to get by with the, and, and, and uh, uh, go to sleep at the same time and awake at the same time every day, you mm-hmm. get into a routine. You get into a biorhythm, so to speak. And you're, when it's time to go to bed, when you usually go to bed, your body will say, this is time to go to bed. I feel like going to sleep. And you go to sleep. And you really know when you've achieved it when you don't have to set an alarm clock. You automatically wake up. Your body says, okay, this is when I usually wake up. Boom, you're awake. Especially if you're sleeping five or six hours. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I have, known, I, I have done it. Working uh, uh, in, in uh, uh, sleeping only six hours, I've been able to do that, achieve that, uh, waking up without an alarm clock after six hours. I could not do it five five hours. That 
I I had to have an alarm clock or a wake-up call or what have you. But uh, that is the thing. That is really key is to do everything at the same time every day without fail. That's hard to do uh, sometimes uh, the way uh, uh, life is in our modern society. Uh, Like, uh, for instance, I have a very – flexible schedule that has me doing things at all times uh, uh, in all uh, places. So it's hard to uh, keep a regular schedule. I attempt to as often as I can. Uh, But if I'm giving like a series of workshops in another part of New Jersey or further afield, um, I can't always uh, keep to uh, the schedule that that I have. Uh, But yes, it's important. And I make sure that at least the things that I do, even if I have to do them at different parts of the day, are the same types of things that I'm doing. Exactly. Exactly. And it, uh, it, it, uh, it, 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 but it only makes sense. When you throw everything off, you're asking for trouble. And, for example, some people will uh, uh, say their, their, their employment involves shift work, and they get moved from, say, the uh, traditional day shift, working during the day, and they get moved to, say, midnights, a midnight shift, which is, uh, you know, it could be anywhere around midnight to, say, 7 or 8 in the morning, okay? Well, people think that they can they can adapt to that. It takes a long time to adapt to that. Yes, it does. And the only key that you the, – the, the only uh, salvation that you have to do it properly is to – Sleep, eat, defecate, work the same times every day. Do not alter it. Do not say, for example, if you're working a midnight shift and you're, say, you go home after work and you take a shower and you sleep during the day. Okay? Say from, say, 9 o'clock to 5 in the evening. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you do that five days a week. And then on Saturday you say, well, I don't want to do that because everybody else is, you know, doing things at those times. I'm going to try to sleep at another time. Well, you can try that, and you may even sleep. But you are your body will revert back to sleeping at the 9 to 5, 9 a.m. to mm-hmm. 5 p.m. It will require that. I tried it one time. I tried because I, I was working, and and uh, um, our Monday through Friday, our Monday actually started Sunday evening. Okay, so our our weekend started uh, seven o'clock Friday morning. I got okay. off work seven o'clock, and people would tell me, "Well, here's what you do. It's no problem." Because during the week, I was. I was going to bed like in three in the afternoon, and I was getting up at uh, at uh, uh, around eight or eight or nine o'clock and going to work. And I would do that all week, all right. And then on the weekend, well, I wanted to change back and simply, uh, you know, sleep at night <laughs> and uh, be up during the day. Well, okay, I got off at seven o'clock. I went home and I stayed up all day. I was tired. And I went to bed about 11 o'clock at night. Now I got up at 8 o'clock the next morning. I felt great. <laughs> yeah. I felt great till about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was dying. Because mm-hmm. my body said, well, I don't care if you slept earlier today. It makes no difference. This is, this is the time you go to sleep, pal. 
And so I tried to do that. I tried desperately. I eventually, after about a month of trying to adjust a minute, I went to the doctor, my my family doctor, and I, I explained the situation. I'm, I'm having migraine headaches. I mean, I don't know if it's a migraine or not, but I'll tell you, it's a splitting headache, and there's no – I tried all sorts of uh, – uh, of uh, over-the-counter medication, aspirin, and what have you, all that stuff out there. It wouldn't do anything. He says, he says, uh, what do you do for a living? I told him, and I said, uh, he said, what are the hours that you're keeping? I said, well, that, that could be the problem. I just went to a midnight shift and, uh, about a month ago. He says, oh, so you're fooling around with your sleep. I said, yeah, I'm trying to adjust on weekends you know, so I can socialize. He says, no, no, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to pay the price. And he sounds to me like you're doing it right now. He says, you have to do the same thing every day at the every same day. time. He says, the best thing for you is if you worked seven days a week. If you work seven days a week and you kept the same hours, you know, working, the same hours sleeping and the same hours eating and everything else, you would have no problem. So he said, you're going to have to do that. He says, man is not designed to be awake at night. You can't see at night, can you? I said, no. He says, no, that should be your first clue. He says, no, we're not not night creatures in any way. We are day creatures, okay? You're not going to change that. You can try, and uh, you're you're just going to be miserable. He says, people that work midnights or off shifts like that, have a high rate of suicide, divorce, alcoholism, drug abuse. You went right down not the list. Good. Yeah. And, uh, but not so much with, uh, say, working in the afternoon. Like if you, you know, you work an afternoon shift and you start at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you go to midnight. So it's not not too bad because you can go to bed. You go home, take a shower, you go to bed, and you're, you're right. pretty close to, you know, 1 o'clock, whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty close to uh, uh, uh but he said uh, the midnight shift is, is terrible. People try to fool around with it, and they think they can get by with less sleep. But he says, take a good look at them over years. They age drastically. You know, their skin tone looks gray and what have you. They're, they're, they're just beating themselves to death. It's not good. You've got to set a pattern, and you've got to figure through experimentation, just like training, how many hours you require of sleep, Okay. And and, uh, a lot of that depends on what you do for a living. You know, if you have a desk job or or if you have a, uh, 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 you work construction, something that's very physical, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. it it, it can make a big difference. Although even a desk job can be very stressful and and, uh, put a great deal of strain on people. People don't, don't realize that. A lot of times, you know, they they say, "Well, that's a desk job. You you know, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't have a problem with uh, with uh, you know sleep and stuff like that." What you know, sometimes having a physical job, uh, you don't require as much sleep. I'm you follow me with with that, Hercules? Yes, most most definitely so. And uh, fortunately, at this uh, particular point in time, unless we're traveling uh, somewhere. Um, I do sleep at uh, night. I haven't had to do anything uh, working at night in very many years. Um, but I'm thinking about ways that I could further adjust uh, my, my schedule. Um, I try to uh, extend my sleep periods because I don't require as much sleep as many people. 
um, unless I'm not feeling well, my body needs to recover. Uh, I don't need a lot of sleep. So I've added meditation before and after a bed. And that extends right. my sleeping for like 20, 30 minutes uh, on each uh, end. And also I meditate in the middle of the day. And I found that the, the meditation keeps me focused, which is a good thing, because otherwise I'm all over the place. And uh, also I've added some visualization. So I keep reminding myself of my goals. So I, I, I see the, the type of body I'd like to build, you know, at that particular point in time. I, I see myself doing things I need to do, and that increases my motivation so that during the course of the day, as I do my workout, I'm very, very uh, motivated. And uh, in fact, the day I took off to rest uh, on Sunday, I couldn't wait till uh, today to start uh, working out again. So I'm still like increasing the weights. I'm still using relatively uh, light uh, weights, but today I had a great uh, leg workout. And I think it's because yesterday I didn't do anything. So today I was really looking forward to, to working out. Yep. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's, the, that's the important thing. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll get to a point where you'll, uh, your, your body will come to uh, expect it. You know? You understand what I'm saying? And, and, I understand. And that, that, is, uh, that is where you want to be where your body certain times of the day you know like people will get up and they'll say well I took my morning constitutional you know they said on the on, uh-huh. on, on the toilet okay and some people are very you can almost sit your watch by what they do I mean and people are creatures of habit have you ever worked around anybody have you ever seen people dress right. that they put their you know they put their right leg in their pants first then their left leg or they put their right shoe on before their left shoe Okay, and and they put their coats on. They take their coats off the same way. It's just a routine. Or sitting at a table. Okay, you go visit friends. Okay, let's say you have a a weekly meeting where a bunch of fellas, uh, you know, get together four, or five, six guys. You all go to the same restaurant or something. And where does everybody sit? In the same. In the chair. same seat. Okay, it's just uh, people try to develop comfort zones they 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 try to do things and develop things and discover things that work well for them and they stick with it okay people don't like change it's just it's a fact people do not like change they don't, they don't like to to um, you know be taken away from their comfort zone and and on that note we'll, we'll take a yes. brief break for a few minutes and then we'll be back uh, and we'll start in the exact same spot. Uh, we're going to listen to Great. Dave the Bard's Merlin Am I, and then we'll be back with Bill Hinburn and Super Strength Training. Great.
Father God of the earth holds his mother in his arms as she He lives here still 
And welcome back to Voice of Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus, and I'm speaking with Bill Hinburn of Super Strength Training. And in the first portion of our conversation, we learned the importance of regularity and establishing good habits and sticking to them uh, and getting enough rest because it's during periods of rest that we recover and we grow. Greetings and welcome back, Bill. Welcome back. How's everything? Everything's awesome. How's everything with you? Outstanding. Let's see. What were we talking about? Uh, regularity. We were talking about, yes, establishing good habits and uh, sticking uh, with them uh, day by day. Because if you try to uh, vary your days uh, too much, it's hard to establish any uh, uh, routines that will sustain you. Absolutely. Uh, and, and even with training, regardless of what you do as far as the training, some people do uh, walking, for example. Walking is very practical, okay? Yes. Uh, a comfortable pair of shoes, it can be done, be done in just about any type of weather. Uh, uh, it can be done inside, outside, and uh, again, uh, it can even be, uh, be developed into uh, some sort of a progressive regime where you increase the distance or you increase the uh, the uh, uh, intensity, the speed. Uh, you can add ankle weights. You can add uh, a weighted vest. You can add uh, carrying dumbbells or wrist uh, weights of some type. You know, it, uh, you're only limited by your own imagination. Uh, you can do, uh, you know, you can train on machines. You can train with dumbbells, train with barbells, uh, swimming. Swimming is an excellent exercise. It's uh, in some ways it can it can be better than uh, say walking because of uh, of the uh, uh, it, it doesn't have the impact on the joints. Uh, jogging uh, there are limitations to that uh, again because of the uh, of uh, of the impact on the uh, on the joints, the ankles, the knees, and the uh, hips especially. Uh, but nevertheless. It also can be done uh, uh, inside or outside and, uh, and various types of weather. Um, but if, if you're going to train and you're going to try to increase your, your strength or you're going to try to lose, uh, uh, say, body fat, then it's, mm-hmm. important, it's important to keep training records like a training journal, okay? Many people will put things in their training journal. For example... The day that they train, the date, um, the uh, the type of exercise, uh, the amount of resistance or pounded of or, or a poundage, 
um, and things like that. When what they fail many times to uh, to add to their training journal or their their uh, routine is how they felt when they oh, walked okay. in and they were they were going to start training. How did you feel? Did you feel like like training? Did you really feel like uh, uh, energized or what have you? And did how did you feel when you left your training when you walked out of the gym? Did you feel exhausted? Did you feel completely spent? Or did you feel energized? You should have a little left in the tank. And I've talked to people about this many times. I've had many discussions with people. Some say you shouldn't have anything left in the tank. Other people say you should. I say you should. You should have some. You should not train yourself to absolute failure, uh, uh, (laughs) exhaustion. You know, uh, and training to failure has has a variety of different definitions, okay? Uh, Okay. It's a very basic notion uh, from way back uh, the the beginning of the 20th century, Alan Calvert. uh, he, uh, He simply said, do eight repetitions. Uh, when you can, you know, when you find a weight that you can do eight eight repetitions, you cannot do nine. Well, that would seem to me that the eighth repetition was the failure repetition. Okay. Okay. You you did the repetition, you completed it, but number nine, you just couldn't complete it. Okay. So that was a form of failure. And of course, you work your way up to twelve repetitions, and then on the next uh, exercise period. You drop the the, uh, the uh, repetitions back to eight, and you add uh-huh. weight. You add resistance of some type. Okay, Alan Calvert never said train to absolute exhaustion. That was never in the card. The great George Hackenschmidt, uh, uh, world champion, the the first world champion uh, professional wrestler. He never said train to exhaustion. He said you should you should have a little left in the tank. And and uh, but it only makes sense, okay? Because if you're going to train, if you're going to work yourself to exhaustion, that can't be fun. That can't be comfortable. No. <laughs> and if and if you and if you uh, feel that uncomfortable, and it would seem to me that you would, you're not going to want to do it. And when you don't want to do something, you will find all sorts of excuses not to do, not it. to do it. That, that's yeah, very correct. You know, and it's just like if there's something that you like to do, you'll make all sorts of excuses to do it. A human, a, a, the human mind is, is uh, you know, we can rationalize most anything. You know, some of the things that we do, you know, that that people rationalize. But I, I think that that's that's the important thing is is to enjoy what you're doing, and and uh, compact your uh, your training routine, do less. And do it in a uh, 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 the same manner every time you train. And I found uh, Paul Anderson uh, when I read a book uh, he had written. I, I believe it was called The Greater Strength. Uh, he made that point uh, too that uh, it's it's always good to have uh, uh, to finish a workout energized rather than exhausted. And uh, I've taken that to heart. Uh, and uh, uh, currently, I'm actually like working out a few times a day, but they're short, brief workouts, and they leave me very energized when I finish with them. 
Well, a lot of people will do what they call uh, 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 split routines, okay? Uh-huh. And a split routine can be done, uh, for example, uh, you hear people doing, uh, say, well, today's my leg day, okay? Monday's their leg day, and they train their legs, okay? That's all they train. Which is what, they don't, which they, is what they don't I train did today, their my legs. Yeah, that's great. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that, okay? And then, uh, say, tomorrow they will train uh, shoulders or chest or mm-hmm. whatever, okay? That's fine. You're training another part. But the key to this is to have an understanding that just because you're training your legs and not training your legs, say, on uh, Tuesday, okay, you're still using your heart and your lungs. Right. Okay. So, you know, they're still getting a workout. Also, there are certain muscles that will all, you know, um, uh, stabilize your muscles that your legs have in common with training your uh, chest and your shoulders. For example, if you're doing... uh, uh, squats, okay, for your legs. Well, are you picking up the bar with your hands and your arms and your shoulders? Right. Well, certainly. Yes. Well, and then when you go to train your chest and your shoulders, are you picking up a bar? <laughs> yes. With your with your hands, your arms, your you you see what I'm saying? You're not well, ultimately you're... working the the uh, uh, the other body part, you know, like like the legs or something like that, but. Uh, 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 this is what you're doing. There's 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 somewhat of an overlap. When I say taking when when I say take a a uh, uh, two days off for rest, that's rest completely. You know, not not right. not training at all. If you're going to do a total body workout on Monday, okay. But if you go to a split routine where you're training uh, 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 legs on Monday, uh, you may want to recuperate. Uh, 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 on Tuesday, and then train your chest and your shoulders on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot of people that train twice a week. Okay, the lower body right. on say for example on Monday, and upper body on Thursday, and that's it. Okay, they've 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 completely they're they're uh, uh, training, especially if you're doing compound exercises, not the specialization exercises and what have you. You know, multi-joint type uh, type training. That's that's the key to it. And uh, there are some people that train, uh, do a split routine, meaning that they train one body part in the morning mm-hmm. and another body part in the evening on Monday. Okay, then they take Tuesday off. Then they do the same thing on Wednesday. They train the. Uh, Say lower body on uh, in the in the morning and upper body in the evening. <clears throat> experiment, experiment, experiment. And uh, that's you, what I'll be you, doing because uh, I ne- I've never uh, wrote written down how I feel. Like for instance, today I woke up feeling kind of crappy. I thought either it was allergies or I was coming down with something. Uh, but as I did my workouts, I felt infinitely better. So whatever it was that I woke up with. It didn't last until the night because I, I did some strenuous activity, and that seems to have energized me and gotten rid of whatever uh, was plaguing my system. 
So now, do you know what you do with your training journal? Write that you down. You have a page, a whole page. Every training journal should have a page with the exercises that you do, the the amount of weight, the sets and the reps, and there should be a page, and I firmly believe this, Hercules, you should have one whole page dedicated to how do you feel. And everything that you just told me should be in that training journal. You woke up with an allergy, and that should be right at the top, and you would probably help you to underline it or highlight it or what have you. You you woke up and you you felt crappy in your words, and you should yeah. you should uh, uh, it, it could have been in, and you should also put it could have been allergies it should have it could have been uh, and, and you think about what did you eat the day before or were you up late the the day before or something like that, but write that all down, and write that when but when you started training, you felt better. Yes, And that is key because then in the future, if you ever feel a certain way, you go back to your journal and say, you know, there was a time when I did something, I woke up and I didn't feel all that well, but I trained. What routine did I use? You see? And then the other thing when you're, when, uh, with your training journal is if you go to the gym you know, after you've recuperated uh, a, a day or two, and you really feel great, okay? Mm-hmm. Think of what you did the previous few days. Think of what you ate, okay? Think of all these things, because what you want to do is you want to be successful, and you want to have a good understanding of the things that help you with your success, what you eat, how you slept. Did you sleep a lot? Did you sleep a little? Okay. And write all of that down. And the reverse. If you didn't feel well, you feel, man, I feel terrible. I don't know what's going on here. Okay, what did you eat? How much did you sleep? Okay. Is there a bug going around and you might have the flu or something? Who knows? Okay. And uh, uh, what was the previous routine that you used? Okay. Maybe you overdid it. Maybe there was too much. Okay. So, all of this plays into it, but I, I, again, I, I, I'm repeating myself for a reason. You want to have a page that's dedicated to how you felt that day, you know, and, and that will help you a great deal because a lot of people don't put that down. All they put down is, is the, uh, the uh, amount of resistance, poundage sets, repetitions, and that's it. And that and really, that, that, as you know, it doesn't tell the whole story. It didn't tell the whole story today. But what you told me, you should put down on paper. That's valuable information. I most certainly will, and I, I'm going to establish a new habit as of today because that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense. Yep. Now, Bill, how can people uh, visit your website? You're on Facebook as well as his Super Strength uh, Training, so they can visit you there. Um, would you like to tell us how else they can uh, enter your world? Okay. Uh, you can go to my website, which is www.superstrengthtraining.com. And you can sign up for my free daily newsletters. Which I, is awesome. I, uh, I write out, thank you. I write about a wide variety of different, uh, you know, 
topics. I write about people. I read about old timers. I read about current people. I read about uh, food. I read about. Uh, I, I write about uh, 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 training techniques and and stuff like that. So you go to my website, superstrengthtraining.com, and sign up for my newsletter. There's a box on every page that has a little, little sign-up form, and you simply put in your first last name and your uh, uh, email address, click uh, uh, sign up, and you'll be on your way. And I also have a catalog. If you like a, a touchy-feely uh, <laughs> paper and ink uh, catalog, <laughs> I send those out. And uh, I'll be happy to have you on board. And uh, at the same time, you can ask questions. I've got a page on my website where you can ask me questions uh, about uh, uh, you know, various things. I can't promise I can answer every single one, but I will try to work them into my um, uh, free daily newsletters. And uh, uh, it's very valuable information. It's free, no obligation whatsoever. Uh, and you can also look at my website and the various books by all the famous uh, uh, bodybuilders and weightlifters of the past and present. And I could tell you from the site, it is an awesome site. And uh, I get the daily uh, newsletter. And a couple of times a month, I post excerpts uh, from it on Facebook uh, to help uh, share the wisdom contained therein. Thank you, Bill, again. Uh, you're awesome. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Hercules. It's been a real pleasure and a very, very uh, important learning experience for me. I really enjoy your show. Same here. I enjoy having you on. Uh, and thanks to all who have joined us at home. Uh, until next time, this is Hercules and Bill wishing you joyous journeys and great adventures. <laughs>